Hey there, and thanks for joining us for The Weekly Grind, a podcast where we work out the topics that shape and influence the culture, community, and church of today from a biblical perspective. I'm Ben, here with my pastor and good friend Chip. He's the lead pastor and I'm the worship pastor of the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. This is The Weekly Grind. So last week, we kicked off the first of a few podcasts in a mini-series within uh, the Weekly Grind podcast, and we called it 2020 Hot Takes. Again, why do we call it 2020 Hot Takes? I think it's pretty clever. Clear vision, 2020, but then also uh, looking forward to the 2020 elections, looking ahead towards them. I don't know that I'm looking forward to them. (laughs) Looking ahead towards them and... Some of the conversations, some of the topics and the, the political issues that that will arise that are already taking place, the conversations that we're having. I think our heart is to talk about how to navigate through the conversations that are going to be happening at work, mm-hmm. around the Thanksgiving table, yeah. or the Christmas table, family reunions, mm-hmm. uh, in your uh, social settings on the weekends. Uh, we are going to be inundated with polarizing views. Yeah. And it's already a food fight. I don't know what it's even going to involve into in the next year and a half. Yeah. But how does a believer approach these things? How do they think through these things? And maybe we can just spark in your own heart and mind the ability to think through, how do I respond in the middle of these things? Because one thing we are pretty committed to is, is not being silent. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It can be it can be hard because you're not you don't really know what to say. Sometimes you don't want to do something that will um, maybe discourage somebody in their walk with Christ. And so, how do we how do we navigate that? Um, I think it's important to understand that all of us have a context from which we come from, and our system of beliefs and what we understand about the world comes from that. And so, last week we really laid the groundwork, yeah. uh, the foundation for um, the things that we're going to be talking about. Um, this is the belief system, and this is this is why we believe these things. This is the source of where yeah, and these our thinking comes from. So they're not our opinions, really. Right. We rest on the authority of Scripture. Right. One thing I want to go back to before we jump into kind of recapping last week just for a moment as we lay the groundwork is it I think another reason why it's important for us not to be silent is because <laughs> there's been a lot of foolish people who identify themselves as believers yeah. who do speak up and who do create a picture of what it is to be a believer what a Christian might believe about a certain thing and a lot of times it's skewed and if we don't speak from a kingdom perspective right if we're just silent, then some of the crazies among us, if I can call them that, uh, yeah, we'll are the, the only voice. voice. And we get lumped heard. in with that. That's not who we are. Yeah, That's not even a, an accurate portrayal of the kingdom. Yeah. And we're so that's why we think... We're also not a political block. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's important that we don't stay silent. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a general tendency for all of us, but yeah. just figuring out how to navigate through that. Yeah. So last week we... Sorry, I interrupted. No, no. And just, I mean, we want to bring hope. I feel like everything around us is why everything is horrible and falling apart. And the kingdom, the message of the kingdom is hope. 
it's everlasting, man. And it's so eternal. This it's not isn't going meant away. to be divisive or anything. It's what does scripture say and the hope that, that That's comes right. from that. That's right. And so we broke down uh, moral law and, sp- and spoke a little bit about um, what is our what is the moral code, what is the moral law, and um, and for us, we rest on the authority of Scripture, and we believe Scripture uh, through Scripture and the, the the stories, the way God's revealed Himself, it becomes very evident um, His moral law for His people. The other thing we did say and we talked about though is everybody has a moral law. And a exactly, moral it's not like we're coming into this conversation as Christians. Mm-hmm. And saying, well, we're bringing the morality. Mm-hmm. That's a false premise. Everybody lives by a moral code, a moral law, a moral mm-hmm. ethic. Ours what is from... the basis right. for your moral code? And what we're saying is we rest our trust, dependence, mm-hmm. faith on the scriptures as our moral code. Exactly. But it's not like we're the morality police or something like, or we're trying to bring morals to the conversation. No, but one thing we do bring is a consistency. And sure. it's the idea that, that the scripture that we adhere to um, centuries ago is the same, that we, that we, the, the, the same messages and the things that Paul was writing to the people groups there. These are the same things that we ascribe to today. It's not changing whichever way the wind's blowing or whatever way the thought process is. Yeah, it's not a changing code. No. And it's a stark contrast to the relativism that is inundating all of our thinking today Mm -hmm. and that we're having to figure out, here we are sitting, resting on an unchanging code. I would even use these words. Okay. And I'm using these words on purpose because they are so... Unpolitically correct, I think. Is unpolitical a word? Well, they they probably are emotionally charged. They they generate an emotion. Yeah. Is if, that a word? Unpolitical? Probably. I don't know. I non-political? Don't, somebody tell us if it's not a word. Because sometimes I make up words, especially when I'm speaking. But well, this isn't like, a grammar so, podcast. So. <laughs> so here we go. Um, the, Our code is inflexible. Okay. Inflexible. Unchanging. It is not evolving. Think about those words and how so often we want to be considered in our culture evolving, mm-hmm. flexible, adaptable. And there yeah. is absolutely some truth to figuring out how to live life. But the basis for what we believe and where we rest our faith in, what we go back to time and time again, how we operate is something that is inflexible, unchanging. Right. And not evolving. And what this does, it creates a constant, reliable, and trustworthy trustworthy ethic that we live by. And you're like, whoa, that sounds really rigid. Well, it in a sense, there is a rigidity mm-hmm. to what we place our faith in. But then when you understand what the kingdom is... Why would you want to turn to anything else? I mean, we realize at the heart of this kingdom ethic, love, grace, mercy, compassion, a community yeah. that is life-giving. And unfortunately, what has been our biggest problem with this, right? Yeah. Our biggest problem has been that, that uh, the kingdom has been, it's not been lived out. Uh, 
right? Yeah, the biggest uh, reason for atheism, right? Is yeah. is believers unwilling or or whatever it may be to actually live out the the values and the things that we say that we believe? Yeah, and hey, I'm all in. If what the kingdom that Jesus presented and who He was mm-hmm. and who He is, He's the King. Yeah, I'm all in on that. I don't need to go anywhere else. I don't need for that to change or evolve or be flexible because in him is life. In him is truth. And my goodness, the kingdom he is desiring to bring, I I really believe how in the world could anyone not want that to happen? Biggest thing is, like we said, we've gotten in our own way so often. And we've actually, um, we have, (laughs) we've caused irreparable harm especially when we've waded into political issues because we haven't been holistic in our kingdom approach. Mm-hmm. We've selectively used morality for this or that. Yeah. We're actually going to talk about that in the next podcast, yeah. something that really fires you and I up. Mm-hmm. But we, we've just we've caused a misunderstanding in our world about what the kingdom truly is. And that's our hope, is that Christians can once again fully embrace a kingdom mindset, be all in on what that all means. It's not just certain moral laws or codes that we mm-hmm. all know and and even our governments and our world systems follow, yeah. and that's morality. But the kingdom is holistic. It speaks into all of the political issues of today. Yeah. How should I deal with the immigrant? How should I deal with the, the socialistic tendencies that are arising or the thought stream. The kingdom has something to say about all of that mm-hmm. that I think is the perfect alternative. It's actually the right way to live. Right. And um, we're just seeking it in other places. But too many Christians have gotten into this partisan, country. like, oh, I'm on this side, you're on this side. And and there is no sense of kingdom. It's yeah. it's selective morality. And um and all Christians, I believe, hopefully, we seek love. We seek mercy. But love, again, we defined that last week. It's it's wanting what's best for somebody, not necessarily, I love you, so I'm going to let you wreck yourself and do whatever you want. Perfect. That's exactly right. That is not love. No, that's Think not about love it at as all. parents. Yeah. A good parent loves their child when they... Well, s- he wanted to explore <laughs> the outlet. And so, I mean, that's where I'm at with my 10-month-old. No, he needs to learn that that's dangerous and that that's going to... Did gonna, you give him like a screwdriver? That's going to wreck... No. <laughs> But he is. He's he's started, he's infatuated with going over to the outlets now, and so that's fun. Love would be to let him do what he wants, right? Right. Let him explore. No, not ab- absolutely not. And if and he so, fry, if he gets himself if he gives himself a shock, he's gonna look at you and be like, "Why did why'd you, you let me do yeah, that? Why did you let me hurt myself?" <laughs> that's right. Uh, being merciful, mm-hmm. showing grace, compassion. Um, and just being in a being a community that's that's life giving. Yeah, the kingdom ethic is everybody's equal. So that speaks into the issue we're going to talk about with race and prejudice. Yeah, Christian people were the the Jesus was the 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 author of impartiality. Yeah, seeing everybody the same because he is, you know, God who created all things equal, yeah. everyone equal. It speaks into um, uh, equality. And what is equality? Right. It speaks into so many things. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded in my... I just can't believe that people would not want 
the kingdom, but I think it's because a lot of times they misunderstand it, and that's our bad. Yeah, and so today we wanted we want to give a little uh, maybe history or take a look back through history mm-hmm. on where we've come from, and some of the some of the ideas and the basis for this secular humanist culture that we live in now mm-hmm. that doesn't ascribe to. Uh, I would argue it is a religion though, but it doesn't ascribe to um, Christian moral law no longer the way that the country was first founded on. But absolutely is a religion. Mm-hmm. They classify themselves as a religion and um, the Supreme Court recognizes it mm-hmm. as a religion. Yeah. And I think that to understand the thought patterns of today's society and where is the origin, what's the genesis for why people see things the way they do? What have they been taught? I think we'd have to just jump back, uh, you know, 170 years, 180 years, and and, and kind of understand the um, the philosophies of Darwinism. Mm-hmm. Now, as soon as I say Darwinism, this necessarily isn't a, a conversation of evolution, though. Right. We're not. We're not going into. But a, what did that thought do over the over the next 150 years yeah. in that line of thinking? Absolutely. The the fruit of that theory, <laughs> it is no doubt, and they will obviously tell you that. That it, it created a, a stream of philosophy or thinking that ended up being secular humanism. Um, I mean, you look through the followers of Darwinism, and basically what they've done is they've made evolution into a surrogate for the Creator. They've created an alternative theory to the Creator. I mean, you think about Wallace and Huxley and Spencer, all these well-known followers of Darwin who they are just leading toward saying things. The progression of their thinking is leading toward a philosophy that annuls the deity, right. which became so evident that uh, you know the well-known uh, professor at Princeton, Hodge, mm-hmm. would basically say that if you look at Darwinism, you come to atheism. Um, I'm not saying even Darwin was an atheist because there's a lot of thought that maybe he was an agnostic. Yeah, but you have have an evolved thought here now. Absolutely. From an observation. It's it's obvious that Darwinism is atheism. And um, it's why around that same time, then philosophy starts to take this and run with it. And We all know Nietzsche and God is dead. Mm -hmm. It's born out of that. And where is that leading? Well, Well, and what he talked about in the... So as the 1800s, as that thought evolved, he actually believed heading into the 1900s, and he died in like... Right around the century. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, That, well, we... Well, since since God is dead, then, then God's moral law is dead. So now it's up to man to ascribe what is moral law. And it's led to the greatest genocide that's this sent the, the the 1900s the 20th century led to the greatest genocide of all uh, all centuries prior to that combined. Well Nietzsche even had that thought pattern. Like yeah. if we take away right God and the moral law then the pro- the possibility the potential yeah. for great uh, bloodshed. Right. And he was exactly right. Because, and I know modern yeah. weaponry has maybe accelerated our ability, but you cannot look through the uh, the governments, the dictatorships of the 19th century, 
we just start to throw out names like Hitler, Stalin, Stalin Tao, and yeah. you begin to realize millions and millions of people died hundreds of millions because of a flawed philosophy that there was a superior race and that there was no God. They, they truly bought into that. And that's the outflow of that, that kind of that, that atheism. And so we would say that actually Darwinism was kind of the, the genesis, the origin of the thinking of even our day where you have the father of modern education, John Dewey. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers in school being taught about the Dewey Decimal System, right? Yep. 600 to 700 was this or that. The father of modern education in the United States was a atheist who wrote a human humanist manifesto. Listen to what he says. This is what was in the manifesto. Religious humanists regard the universe as self-existing and not created. That's number one of the humanist manifesto. This is the father of modern education. Okay? Yeah. Number two, humanism believes that man is part of nature and that he has emerged as a result of a continuous process. Okay? Do we understand the stark contrast between in the beginning, God created, yeah, and emerging as a result of a continuous process. And then f- the fifth on the Humanist Manifesto, humanism makes unacceptable any supernatural or cosmic guarantee of human values. Listen, the kingdom is built on the, the belief in, trust in, the sumer- supernatural. The supernatural giving of the law to Moses. Yeah. The supernatural coming of Jesus Christ. The supernatural resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are built on God speaking into our world in supernatural ways, providing for us the understanding of who he is and how he wants to relate to us. So can I develop the religious thought a little bit on... Sure. So evolution, macroevolution, um, is a religion by the very definition of science, right? Because it says... Uh, Nothing is science unless it is observable, testable, repeatable, and governed only by natural laws. So this disqualifies... I mean, I don't think anybody denies microevolution. We have bacterias and different things that are, that are evolving, and it's observable. Sure. Okay, so we have microevolution. But then macroevolution, upon which all of this idea rests, um, falls apart in the face of it is a religion. Absolutely. It is because it's a belief. It's not observable. Right. It's not observable. And that's why we still they still can't observe the natural selection process. Right. It still doesn't come back around. Right. So even their it's, admission. So it's not science. Microevolution is science. Macroevolution, the way that the way that apes turn into humans or it's not from observable. one thing, a dog and a or cat. Or you couldn't came. observe the beginning of no. This whole process. And that's a whole nother, I mean, we could really get into right. this. And we we enjoy talking about right. this. But at the end of the day, what it did was it caused a thought pattern, yeah. a belief system, a religion, mm-hmm. that then you watch the Supreme Court through the years begin to side uh, with secular humanism. Mm-hmm. And that's why today, um, 
you know, the idea of teaching in our public school system, God as the originator, as the creator, is not even really allowed, and yet secular humanist thought is allowed. Um, and that's why when we come to the table, so many times Christians come to the table, people don't even have an understanding of what our beliefs are. It's skewed because our voice in so many areas of, of, of our culture, and education is a vital part of that, is it not? And my, yeah. my belief is present them all. Well, that's, I'm that's, not asking yeah. for... I never would have wanted us to just present creation, God as creator, Present them all. Well, and here's the here's the great tragedy of the the overall educational system is um, many of many educators. There's two types of educators, right? Educators that teach people uh, teach them what to think and how to think. That's right. We have we have both of those types of educators, but it's the ones that teach them um, what to think. That is the most dangerous. Absolutely. Because now you're only teaching the religion of secular humanism. You're teaching them what to think rather than um, here, here are a number of different beliefs and theories that, um, that exist. So follow the evidence. Follow the evidence. I hope that there's some discomfort in discovering this yeah. in, 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 where, um, in what you believe. Well, just think through the Scopes trial. Uh, even the the yeah. uh, was it Darrow or whoever was a lawyer for for th- that side says we just want the opportunity to present all right options, which is ironic because, because then, then his follow the people who follow that train of thought have squelched any kind of ability yeah. to present yeah. the creation model or God as creator, right and. What it's done, though, is in this conversation, the kingdom voice has been squelched, and then yeah. it's been misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And then people who have fought against this kind of censorship have done so in ways that have been not kingdom-like. Mm-hmm. And it's, pre- it's created a perception that there's fanatical people who blindly follow something and who uh, aren't willing to think through, who are unscientific. And I'm just, yeah. I think most most kingdom people would say, no, just present the evidence. We've been trying to follow. Yeah, we are, we are committed to the authority of Scripture. Right. And that does mean on our part there is some faith in believing in a virgin birth and a resurrected Lord, mm-hmm. faith in believing in God who did supernatural things. But just like the one author, I can't remember his name, who says, honestly, if you really see what evolu- macroevolutionary theory positions, it takes more faith yeah. to believe in that than it does in Creation. what the scriptures are uh, putting out there. Right. And so I think By we just far. wanted to, to say, hey, in this conversation that we're going to be having about political things and hot takes, secular humanism has pervaded everything. And so maybe some of the reason why um, what we say or believe doesn't sound mainstream is because it's not. 
And that's okay with us because we are kingdom people. And yet we believe that the kingdom is the best alternative to live by. It's by far better than what the fruits of secular humanism mm-hmm. have borne out. And um, I, I know you wanted to finish with something because secular humanism has created a belief in self, right? That yeah. The absence of God. And I wanted to read that real fast. Listen to these words from Romans chapter 1, Paul writing this thousands of years before our day and before the fruits of, of secular humanism. <laughs> Listen to this. For since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen from creation, right? Being understood from what has been made. God is saying, listen, you should be able to look around and it's apparent that there's intelligent design going on here. So that people are without excuse. And this is what He said, For all they, although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor give thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish, foolish hearts were darkened. And all they, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal, mortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to something else. And what has happened is exactly that. In secular humanism, we have removed God, and now we are trying to worship something because we were, like earlier podcast, yeah, and we were having this conversation about socialism, right? I think this is relevant to... Yeah, so the idea is, um, so we all worship something, and so the, the secular humanist um, uh, religion also needs to ascribe... Um, worship or faith in something. So it's no longer the authority of Scripture and... Um, or even the evidence of the, the God. The God at all. Right. Um, but now it's... it's We need a, a faith in government. That's what it's been replaced with. And so the... And so we need to, we need more government, we need more government, and we need this uh, government actually to become God over our lives because there's nothing else, there's no other authority. That's right. And so that's, I mean, that's, that's where we get the socialism conversation now is we're replacing um, the, the charity and the, the community um, with, with government. We believe that the government needs to take care of our brothers and sisters rather than us as the church. Right. Or as a kingdom ethic, yeah. even those who are not our brothers and sisters, we live with compassion and love, and we look out for those who are uh, unfortunate and yeah. and all of those things. And right, I think it simply comes down to is their belief that is now that government becomes their savior. Mm-hmm. And the kingdom is saying... Well, God's our Savior. He's our, you know, all those things, provider. Um, and that's just a stark contrast. And that's probably why you and I, and we'll talk about this in some podcasts later, why um, a lot of our issues with socialism would be it's a trust in something that is man-made. Yeah. Um, and it's not a trust in a sovereign Lord. So it's going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah. It will be. And then we were just trying to provide a, a baseline for, you know, 
thought and where things come from. And really, we live in a culture that um, has, by and large, been taught and made to believe that God doesn't exist. Um, his, his word, his kingdom is mm-hmm. irrelevant. It's for people who need a, a certain sort of crutch. Or, and we're saying, man, the kingdom is the alternative to all of these other systems of the world that have failed, that are failing. Look at yeah. socialism through the years or all of these governments that were founded with dictators or people that believe, didn't believe in God. They failed. They crashed. They burned miserably. Yeah. And we're saying, listen, the kingdom is the viable alternative. Yeah. So we, we enjoy talking about this. Yeah. We enjoy um, this conversation. Uh, and so if you want to add to the conversation, um, comment below, yeah. um, email us, bharford at napnaz.org, cbullock at napnaz.org. Uh, you can uh, find more of these podcasts on the website, uh, napnaz.org. And um, yeah, join, join the conversation with us. We're just trying to work this out and we'll have guests on from time to time yeah. um, because we're, we're truly seeking um, the kingdom line. That's it. Not we're not trying to appease any political party or or political ideology. But That's really right. what is what does scripture say about these things? And at the end of the day, where do we put our faith? That's it. And we really enjoy this conversation. So we'd love for you to interact with us. Uh, we're both just trying to grow in how we think and how to articulate what we think. And, and so please comment below or uh, give, us a, give us a shout through email or text or, or whatever. Yep, and we'll see you in the next one.